Welcome to the Crossview Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy the message this morning. For more information, visit us at mycrossview.com. Each year, Christmas Eve, our Christmas Eve service is one of, if not my favorite service of the year. Tonight is the culmination of what's known as the season of Advent. It's a season in which we have been encouraged to wait and to linger, to look forward with hope at what God will do. We, if you've joined us for our our series, we've looked... We looked our first few weeks in the series of Advent at Old Testament prophets that are pointing the way to Jesus, talking about the hope that is needed and what's, uh, what's to come. We've talked, about, uh, we've talked about peace, the idea of peace from the book of, uh, also from the book of Isaiah, a peace that gives those who are lost and wandering direction and purpose. It's a peace that turns, we talked about, enemies into friends, warriors back into farmers. We've talked about what it's like to once again join in with the heavenly song. The song that we once knew at the very beginning of the story, but that once sin and and evil came into the world, it broke our song with God. And we lost the harmony and Jesus comes to renew that song for us. A new song invites us back to sing with God, walking step by step. Again, joy to the world, the Lord is here. We've talked about all of these ideas over these last few weeks. Tonight, like I said, is the culmination. We come to the culmination of this journey over these last few weeks, and tonight is about celebrating the joy and wonder of the way that God has rescued us all. Tonight is about celebrating that God in his love for us, as it says in the book of John, put on flesh and moved into the neighborhood. (laughs) That is, in fact, one of the unique things about the Christian story. It's the story of a God himself who, in the person of Jesus, comes down to us. He has a voice. He has a face. He walked on our streets and he breathed our air. He came to us to find us right where we are and offering us a way back to him. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we gather, we just sang a few songs together, songs that are dearly loved about who you are. Thank you for what you've done for us. And in these next few moments, can we just pause and will you speak to us in deeply meaningful ways? Touch our heart, touch our mind. Draw us to yourself. We thank you that you're with us here and now in this very moment. And in your name we pray. Amen. Well, I want to highlight a scripture passage that we looked at this last Sunday. uh, But this time I want to point out two words that will help us uh, reflect on what Jesus' is coming at Christmas is all about. So we're going to look one more time at a fairly familiar passage of scripture in Luke chapter 2. Verses 1 through 14. I'm going to read it. You'll see it on the screen. It goes like this. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Corinthians was governor of Syria. All returned to their ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was the descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who is now expecting a child. 
And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in snugly strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will be, bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in snugly strips of cloth lying in a manger. I love that passage. I don't know about you, but I love it. And it's one that we know we typically hear around this time of year. So I'm not sure how uh, this season goes for your family at your house, but we Wellsteads have not had a very consistent practice of putting Christmas lights up on our house. (laughs) Uh, I'm usually very busy in the Advent and Christmas seasons, and uh, we just have not made a lot of time for that over the last years. We haven't made it a priority. I think we did once several years ago, but I can't really remember. So uh, it's just not something that we haven't done very often. All of that changed this year. This year, our son Michael really, really wanted lights on the house. He kept asking, Dad, can we put lights on the house? So I went and got the lights that we had, plugged them in, they are, they don't work. <laughs> Everybody knows that. You're just like, okay, they worked last year. Are they going to work this year? No. So we had to go get some new lights. Uh, but he kept asking, uh, and, and I loved it. He had this vision for lights all over the place. Uh, He's got a big vision about what this could look like in the years to come. (laughs) Well, I'll say we won't, we certainly won't win any lighting competitions this year. (laughs) Uh, But Michael, Addison, and I got on the roof uh, and uh, put up a few Christmas lights around the parsonage. Maybe if it's dark enough on the way out, you can see the little bit that we did. It's a lot of fun, uh, and I think that we'll continue that tradition, hopefully seeing it grow some each year. Maybe now it'll have to because I've said something about it <laughs> to all of you. Michael we can be like, hey, remember what Dad said? Yeah. Christmas lights are a fun and festive thing. Uh, we have some lights on the church just outside in the carport and obviously inside the church as well. For the last four weeks, uh, the most persistent symbol of this season for us has been lights. We do this by lighting one of our Advent candles each week. While they're not extremely bright compared to everything else, they represent a larger light in the darkness of our world. We, are, we were reminded way back in the first week of Advent that we don't despair in the darkness of our world, but we look forward with hope uh, of, because of God's rescue in Jesus. So what we do is we light one candle each week, pushing back the darkness one wick at a time. As we get closer to the celebration of the light that comes into our world, Advent may begin with a recognition that things are desperate and we need help. But we also recognize that we don't stay desperate in the dark. As we look at this wonderful passage that we just read together, one that most of us have probably heard before, if not many times, I'm struck by the timing of Jesus' arrival. And I don't mean the age in history or the the season of the year. What I'm struck by is the time of day in which and the hour at which Jesus' coming occurs. The only two words that were given about the timing of his arrival in this passage 
are that night. That night, there were shepherds in the field, staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory uh, surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will be great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You'll find baby wrapped in strips of cloth like an angel. In the thick of night, in the midst of the darkness of our world, that is where the light finds us. It's incredible. One of the most well-known, another really well-known passage uh, of Scripture for this season comes from Isaiah chapter 9. We've looked at this a couple of times over these last few weeks. One that, again, you will know as well. But you start to recognize how powerful this, this idea is that Jesus, the light of the world, comes to us in the midst of our darkness. Isaiah 9, 2 through 3 says, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. In chapter 9, Isaiah tells of a child who will be born who will save the world. And uh, it's a surprising announcement. Back, back then, the context, it comes to a rebellious people in a very dark time and they're desperate for some hope. There was war, unrest, there was no peace in the world, darkness was palpable. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? And as we, as we read through the scriptures, we often see the symbolism of darkness. It's an easy one for us to relate to. <laughs> we understand what darkness is and what the experience of it. In the Bible, darkness usually refers to one of two different things. The first is not knowing or human ignorance, as in we were left in the dark. The other, it, can, it often refers to evil, sin, and death. The human condition that starts in chapter 2 of the story. <laughs> One thing we know for sure is that the symbolism of darkness resonates deeply with our experience. But there is another theme all throughout Scripture that we see as well, and I bet you can't guess it. <laughs> it's the light. <laughs> light is a part of the biblical story from the very beginning in the storyline of Jesus, we discover that God is always, always bringing light into dark places, clarity and truth uh, into the dim shadows of the brokenness of our world. You can see it's in Jesus that both not knowing and the evil and the darkness of this world are taken care of. Truth and salvation. Praise the Lord. <laughs> One author uh, I read wrote this, that it's in the night that our vulnerabilities surface, that our fears are most palpable. In the silence of the night, we, we often confront the questions that linger in the depths of our souls. And yet it is precisely in this darkness that the light of Christ pierces through assurance, comfort, hope, and salvation. The light of the world. Isaiah saw a different future and penned the words that have captivated our hearts for generations and told of the hope that we have in Jesus. When Isaiah told of the coming of the Prince of Peace, he spoke of the light, the light that dispels all darkness. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. What hope. 
Another commentator I read this week wrote this. He said, as Jesus chooses, and Jesus chooses to show up in the middle of our darkness, a stubborn flicker of resistance, a defiant spark of hope, passed from one person to the next. This light advances the darkness, uh, this light advances, and the darkness is forced to retreat with no place left to hide. Jesus is the light that dispels the shadow that lurks in the human heart. From the garden to the gospels, from the great commission to the great city, the new Jerusalem, God has been, is, and will be lighting up human hearts and lighting up the world. That's what we celebrate today. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. Another one of my favorite uh, quotes is by an author named Brendan Manning. If, if you've been with us before, you will have heard these because I love this, this uh, quote and I love this author. And it's one, again, that we typically, it's a reflection that we read each year around this time. He talks about uh, Jesus coming down to us. The love that descended to Bethlehem is not the mild-mannered love of a good-humored God, but a burning fire whose light chases away every shadow of darkness, floods every corner, and turns midnight into noon. This love reveals sin and overcomes it. It conquers darkness with such forcefulness and intensity that it scatters the proud, humbles the mighty, and feeds the hungry. And all of this lays as a little baby in a feeding trough of an animal in the little town of Bethlehem. Jesus is the light that comes into the darkness of this world. Jesus even uses this language about himself later in the book of John. This is great. In John 8 verse 12, he says this. Zoe, can you go to that next slide for me? John 8 verse 12 says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Hearing Jesus say this is fantastic because it echoes what John uh, wrote at the very beginning of his book when he wrote in John chapter 1, uh, verse 5, or 1 through 5, it says, In the beginning, uh, the word, he's writing about Jesus, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. <laughs> A few verses later in, in verse 9, the one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Praise God, amen? <laughs> Jesus comes to us when we're most desperate and most in need. The light of the world turning midnight into noon and starts the process of setting all things right for all people. That's who we celebrate today. That's what this is about. That's what these next few days as we come into, this, into Christmas, our Christmas celebrations is all about. Christmas is a reminder that God doesn't wait for us to find our way to him. Instead, he comes to us in the midst of our darkness. And he meets us right where we are, in our workplaces, in our homes, in the quiet moments when we wrestle with life's uncertainty, even here in this very room, in this very moment. That night, everything changed. And the change, this light, wasn't just for a few people. The light was life for everyone. This is incredible. So understanding that Jesus the light is important, but then we... When we 
enter back into the story, we see how that light affects those who are living in the dark. Seeing the recipients of this message, this announcement about Jesus, this, uh, the original message, matters. In the ancient world, life was extremely difficult for those on the margins of society. It, it is still today. But they lived without much hope for life to get better. Life was rather bleak in the darkness of their world, but God has an uncanny way of turning things upside down. From hopelessness to hope, from chaos to peace, from death to life, from darkness to light. See, Jesus, when he was announced, he, and he didn't go to the halls of power to the most important people, all situated in their gleaming armor and in their bright castles, right? No, he went to a common family. And Jesus' birth was announced to a group of outsiders, nomadic, homeless shepherds in the dark of the night. That's who got the message. If we were to write the story for Jesus, we'd be like, Jesus, you're doing it wrong, man. <laughs> One commentator wrote this. In the same way, the birth of Jesus challenges our expectations of how God works. He didn't choose the grandeur of palaces or the influence of the elite. Instead, he entered the world through the vulnerability of a newborn in a humble manger. God chose to announce the birth of his son to those who are often disregarded. This sends a powerful message that the message of Christmas is for everyone, regardless of their social status, past mistakes, or current circumstances. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. So with all this said, as we gather tonight to remember, celebrate Jesus' birth, the coming of the light in the darkness of this world, in doing so, we have to acknowledge that, the, that what Jesus did for us is not just something that's relegated to the past. <laughs> it is for us here and now, for, these, for this moment and for the days, weeks, and months to come. We need to recognize that this, what this means for us here and now, that the light of Christ is not, dist, is not a distant, unattainable brilliance for us from 2,000 years ago or for 2,000 years ago. It is here now available to us, to you, this very night. It is a light that can give us hope and renewal. Do you need that? The loving light of Christ can expose the darkest corners of our lives, the darkest corners of our heart and our mind, exposing brokenness and offering healing and redemption. It's all a free gift. He came to us, invites us into his, uh, into his presence. The light of Christ is not intimidated by the depth of our struggles. Instead, it meets us in our messiness. Praise the Lord for that, amen? <laughs> it meets us in our messiness and offers us hope and, of, of trans, transformation and brand new life. In a world filled with uncertainties, conflicts and struggles, the message of Christmas remains bright and brilliant. Praise the Lord. It also calls us to be bearers of that light, to reflect the light in, the, in our world, to be true, uh, true reflections of how we've been changed, to extend love and compassion to those around us, and to bring hope to hopeless places the best way we can. The light of Christ was not meant to be kept uh, within the confines of our hearts uh, it's a light that calls us to share its warmth with a world that desperately needs healing and restoration. Ephesians 5.8 says, For once you were full of darkness, but guess what? <laughs> you have the light of the Lord to live as people of the light. What a call! <laughs> what a call. 
I'm going to invite our choir to come back up and get ready for us to sing just a, to a few more songs. In a few moments, as our service ends, uh, we are going to light our candles together to think about and remember and reflect this message and what Christ is for us, the light of the world, what Christ represents for us, what he's done in our lives, and how then we can carry that message, the Christmas message, out into our homes, our workplaces, our neighborhoods, and our communities. So I want to just encourage us to let the light from that night continue to shine in this world, shine in our lives, dispelling the darkness, bringing hope, joy, peace, and love that is only possible through the Savior come down to us. Amen.